Hello, welcome to our season two, first episode. I'm your host Mikko J. Lehtonen, and today we are talking about teams. Already in uh, 2012, Google started a study to look into what makes teams effective, and they call this uh, project Aristotle to kind of highlight or draw attention to the fact or what Aristotle said back in the days, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. And to talk um, today we are talking about teams and what makes teams effective. How do we manage teams? And I'm joined here today by Mike Merilehto, who is a synchronized skating coach. Um, and you've been teaching or coaching in the US and Finland, right? Yes. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Um, okay, please explain. Synchronized skating. What is it? Um, so synchronized skating is a discipline of figure skating. It's um team of skaters. It's 20 skaters all together, 16 on the ice at the same time uh, when competing. And we perform like all the other disciplines do. We have steps, acrobatic lifts, spins, um, different kind of elements that we perform on the ice. Wow. And and how long does one kind of, is like performance or one... I- Yeah, we have a short program in free skate, mm. like the other disciplines as well. Our short program is a little short of three minutes, and the free skate is four minutes. And there are two different events, and then combined the results, then makes up the what the results of the competition is. Okay, wow. It's pretty intense. It is. <laughs> Very intense. <laughs> All right, well, well, welcome again to the show. And we also have another guest, um, best-selling author... Um, artificial intelligence, machine learning, tour guide, and country manager for Finch Finland, Antti Merilehto. Also welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Um, and also a question for you before we start with the actual topic. Tour guide. Why do you call, why do you call yourself a tour guide? Mm, it is because uh, for me, um, I'm, I'm not a trained or educated in artificial intelligence. My background is in business. Two years ago, I, I realized that that AI will have uh, deep impact in in most jobs, and I, and I started looking into it. and And then I realized that we we have a lot of businesses who are not embracing AI or machine learning. And as a tour guide, if if you take a tour guide in Rome, it's not the the person who has built Rome or painted <laughs> the paintings, but but he or she can tell you more about it than than just looking at it. So that's that's my story. Cool. Yeah. Uh, thanks for joining us as well. Now, we are talking about teams today, and, and you have been working and coaching diverse teams. Um, could you kind of tell tell a bit about your background? Like, what have you done before? Should I start? Yeah. Um, so maybe I should start with why I'm a synchronized skating coach. Um, 
I skated myself, obviously, mm. um, for six years um, in Finland for a senior team. And senior level, again, it can be misunderstood. It means the highest level of our sport. Some misunderstand it as adult skating, <laughs> yeah, senior yeah. citizens, but <laughs> nope. <laughs> um, so I did that for six years, uh, went to Worlds, won three championships. And after that, took a little bit of a break and went into coaching. It felt pretty natural. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, I've been coaching in different clubs. Uh, recently, right now, I'm coaching in Espo. I have a senior team there, Lumineers. Um, so I'm comp- competing against my old team, in a sense. <laughs> and before that, I spent two years in Boston um, coaching a junior team, um, which was the Team USA junior team and Team USA, meaning that um, we represented the states at international competitions and then uh, junior worlds. That's, oh, wow, that's pretty intense, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, it is an intense sport, <laughs> but a lot of work, but a lot of fun too. Um, on, on my part, uh, I've been now entrepreneur full-time or part-time for, for 15 years. And obviously I... I it's a, Times have worked on my own, but also I was actually working at Google in 2012 when the project Aristotle started. And if we look at teams, of course, I've been a team member. I've been a team lead. Probably the first time I was a team lead was in, uh, uh, I was working in Bosnia-Herzegovina. Mm. Uh, it was a, a peacekeeping mission, and I was a team lead for for a team of, of eight people at a fairly young age. So, again, I would say that, that the military helps because you have a certain structure around it. And, and of course, you, you have the, the mission was very clear. We were working uh, in Bosnia, long story short, is, is divided into two parts. Hmm. You have the, the Serb part, And and when people were returning their displaced people, our our job was to make sure that their their return to their original homes was safe and secure. So there was a clear purpose. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's actually really interesting because now, like what you are bringing to the table is like um, like really like diverse experience from different fields, like companies, sports teams, military. Uh, what else can you actually hope for? Um, how would you like? I mean, this is like one question that keeps on bugging me, and I guess many listeners as well. Um, effectiveness. What makes teams effective? Or like, how would you define effectiveness? Well, um, for my team, the way we look at effectiveness is um, we hopefully buy being effective our goal is obviously to be number one but effectiveness to us is learning fastest Mm. so we might be on different levels different teams it could be different companies too if you might want to draw that parallel Um, but the measurement of our success is not necessarily where we are now but it is how fast we're learning Mm. and that's the effectiveness that we're looking for And then, obviously, there are many ways of approaching it. What does it mean in different fields? Um, so I think that's the most important aspect of, for us, 
in our my sports team. Yeah. Um if if I may follow up just briefly on that. How did you like did you come up with this or like where does it come from like you know defining effectiveness kind of together with learning? Um We worked together with a sports psychologist, uh, Matti Hentinen. Mm. I've worked with him for a very long time. Um, when I started coaching as an assistant coach, mm. then in Boston, uh, he was sort of coaching me while I coached. Because that's the thing, being the leader of the team, I can't just coach. I have to be coached. Absolutely. Mm. And yeah. um, we talk a lot about coaches being learning designers mm. so it's not I, I, about, I love the term That's yeah really cool. it's not that we're there to tell them what to do we're there to guide them to design the way they learn and that it's very active on both parts mm. so that's where that started and um the team has really owned up to it they really also like the idea of of us more designing their learning experience than just You know, coming there, telling them, giving them a list of things they have to do or they yeah, have to be able yeah. to do. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's like it's not like a checklist. Like you know, this no. is what I need to do today to accomplish. Yeah. Yeah. How was it? Was it actually? So it was quite new for your team to have this kind of approach. It was, uh, but it depends. Our teams, because they comprise of twenty to twenty-four skaters, they all come from different backgrounds as mm. well. So they've had many kind of coaches throughout their careers, and not all of them were very familiar with the idea of the coach being more of a learning designer, mm. more of a, um, yeah. It's, it was pretty new for them. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's pretty interesting. Um, Yeah, and, and did you have any like, uh, what's what's your take on this? Mm, when when you say effectiveness, I often tend to think the internal effectiveness in in a way that it depends where the team is, where you start from. If it, I mean, if it's a competitive sport, then the outcome on which uh, place you you end up on the podium, mm. there there's how do the other teams perform or or if it is a the classic example is if you look at uh race cars when they change the tires mm, then there is mm. not much of of exploring you know what would be what would be the outcome <laughs> no you have the tires you need to get them off on and onto the track very fast so yeah, th- yeah. that's like the 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 goal is very clear it's it's like a waterfall mm. but but the more In, in most cases, if I look at business from my perspective, is very often that we don't know. We're creating solutions for a world that is not yet there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And 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 in a way, we don't have the. It's rare that someone would have the answers. So it, it's mm-hmm. more about that the voices within the team are being heard. So that and and of course we have more junior members. We have members who are maybe more introverted um, so so understanding the roles within the team uh, that creates the internal effectiveness the, the learning cycle so yeah yeah and that's like actually what you mentioned about like being heard Mikey how does that resonate with you coaching your team yeah um, it does resonate um, and it is really important for 
everyone on the team, which is can be a little difficult sometimes since we're so many <laughs> skaters <laughs> on the ice at the same time. Um, but it is the starting point when I go to a new team, I get a new team. That's the starting point. That's the main thing we need to accomplish first is that certain psychological safety mm. where everyone is allowed and they're they don't feel like they can't say what they're thinking. They need to be we need to be very open and it needs to be easy to tell us what they're thinking, how they're feeling. Mm. If something that we're doing doesn't feel right or if it really works for them, it doesn't work for them. Yeah. And that's usually the most difficult part. <laughs> it doesn't come very easily you have to really work at it and i think the way we've been able to achieve it or i've been able to achieve it is through example obviously so mm -hmm. if i am willing to tell them for example that i don't have the answers to everything i need your help mm. we need to we need a dialogue we need to discuss because i don't know how it feels for you to do this yeah, i can only yeah. tell how it feels for me to do it or how i've done it or been taught to do it So um, it is the very key to asynchronous skating team to work is the ability to talk about everything mm -hmm. and to have that dialogue. But it must be actually like, you know, I'm, I'm just like imagining this moment when you when you when you join a new team, whether like regardless of your position, how does that like that must be like, you know, kind of this butterflies in your stomach kind of feeling because you have no idea how it's going to be. Right. You know, maybe, you know, what if, because I, um, if you want others to be exposed, you have to do it yourself, as you said. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So what if, what if you do it and then they just give you like this blank look like. And they might do it at first. <laughs> like you just have to keep doing it. <laughs> like being a little silly, being a little stupid, being brave enough to make mistakes and then own up to them. Yeah. So that they realize, ah, oh, okay. So it's not just okay for me to make mistakes. I actually have to do them to yeah. be able to learn. Oh, she's doing it too. Well then. <laughs> so it is sort of exposing yourself all the time. It can be uh, quite tough on me, actually. <laughs> But um, it's definitely worth it. And I think it just, it just takes patience. You know, yeah, definitely yeah. in the beginning when it's a new coach, they're so afraid of you at first. Like, who is she? What is she going to do? Yeah, yeah. Um, so it takes a little time. Yeah, kind of, yeah, sensing the air, as they say in Japan. Like, you know. Oh. Yeah, yeah. And it still happens when you go to assist another team because I work sort of, sort of for two clubs. Mm. So sometimes I go help out with the younger ones and they're terrified. <laughs> But then you just approach them and, you know, do the same thing that you do with your team. And they realize, okay, she's yeah. not too bad. <laughs> do you, are they actually, do, like, the teams? So you're coaching two teams. Um, I'm, I have, I'm coaching one team right now. Yeah. So I'm coaching uh, my senior team. But then we have two owning clubs. So we go and help out with two junior teams, two novice teams, two juvenile teams. <laughs> so... Oh, okay. A lot of skaters. <laughs> And I've sort of had the idea that I really, um, when I go to these teams that aren't my own, so it's a lot of skaters, to be honest. Mm -hmm. It's a mm -hmm. lot of names, but it's really important for me to know them and really pay attention and maybe even mention their name at some point of the practice because I'm yeah. someone coming from the outside. So it's important for them that I, I know you. Mm. And I know your name. I know what you can do. Yeah. They're not just one in the crowd. 
So that's probably mm. my main main thing if I'm there only once a week, just yeah. to pay attention to them. Hmm, that's really interesting. <laughs> what? What? Okay, Antti, um, how do you expose yourself in teams, like conceptually, mentally speaking? I guess. Mm, I would say that um, what Mikey just said, um, the ability to be be yourself, mm. that that you go without a mask, you know, without a disguise or or a cape of I know this mm. I'm an expert and I mean one could be an expert to start with mm. and mm. that would be great and at the same time to to condense it I would say that uh, what you bring to the table is is very important and and occasionally I do feel that I think Uh, when, when I when I spend time at startup sauna here, mm. or, or that that people who are now at school are better at telling that hey I know this I know this I can use these tools this is what I'm bringing this is the value that I'm bringing to the team mm. yeah and I, I think it is important uh, that that people are uh, open about it and at the same time if I say that. I know how to use X. I know mm. how to to. If we do a podcast, I, I can do the microphones or whatnot. Yeah, then you better yeah. do it mm. in a way that that there's a certain responsibility. Once you um, to, to create that relaxed, sometimes goofy atmosphere, and to 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 bring the actual value. Because mm. if we're talking about high performing teams. There are no sideshows. There are no free riders, in a way that that uh, the what people need to accomplish might be very different, mm. and, and some people uh, they might have a role that is not as visible. Very often, it's it's, it's a supportive role, it, mm. but yeah. it, it is it is something that it is necessary for the team to be internally effective. And and then perform on certain scoreboard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's a bit like like those are like two really interesting points. Like like these younger generations being like more open about sharing what they know. And I remember like back in the days, I think there was quite often I heard this saying that yeah, you never asked me. Like I know all these things, but you never asked me. Yeah. Like okay, maybe you can try to be a bit more active and like you know you don't have to be ashamed of like. Knowing or knowing or having skills is not not a bad thing. Absolutely, and if you do use one of the following words in uh, LinkedIn profile, guru, ninja, some <laughs> other word, then like ninjas are like really good. Like it, it's not like like you were the, the third in your your uh, small town's Excel championships. If you're a ninja, you're number one in the universe. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> <laughs> there is actually a, a fun fact. Um, there's there's one town in Japan that they are look. They, they have a shortage of ninjas at the moment. Like they, <laughs> it, it's like an old ninja town, and they, like the pay is apparently like the pay is really nice, even in like kind of Finnish standards. Mm. So, but they just don't have enough applicants. They are running out of ninjas. 
So all ninjas out there. I know a firefighter, so I'll, I'll, I'll leave this to him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, there's not, you know, leap from being a firefighter to a ninja. So it's not that far. I think the dress is nicer there, you know, with, with, the, oh, yeah. with the black mask, balaclava and stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and plus, like all the all the <laughs> equipment. <laughs> okay, um, I, w- I would like to conclude. Like, you know, we have been kind of going on and on like going on different tangents but still like talking about teams um crab walk <laughs> guys please explain <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, our first apartment was tiny hmm. it was a studio really nice surroundings and once i moved all my stuff to the studio uh It was um, something other than roomy after that. So th- there was a lot of stuff. And, and so... To be I, honest, I never imagined you would have so much stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's another thing, yeah. But, but, Surprise. Yeah. <laughs> About that. Yeah. Uh, but, but so we realized that we couldn't walk in a way j- just like normally. Mm. So we have had to go sideways And that's when 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 the crab walk when you go like <laughs> tiptoes on sides and and your hands go like yeah <laughs> the hands were just for show yes <laughs> yeah. absolutely yeah. <laughs> oh it might be like a balancing fact as well yeah, yeah. that's true never yeah. know yeah but but the, so we ended up that that uh, at our house it is only uh, allowed to move using one of the three ways crab walk being mm-hmm. one. Happy sailor. Because when you do the little <laughs> hop, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and then the fencing, like you go like, uh, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, the, 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 I've skated a lot of programs with fencing, so <laughs> and the pirates <laughs> and pirates, so that's where it sort of stemmed from. Yeah, well, just just wanted to bring it up because I mean, it, it, I think it's a beautiful example of creating common practices. I mean, teams. Couples, I mean, friendship. It's, it's they are not that far, like far apart. So you know, if you have common practices, I think you are doing something magical. Yeah. Yeah, and the same time, I think it, for us, it's sort of the silliness of it too. Like yeah. that, there's the trust that you can be yourself, and you can be whoever you are. Really, really silly sometimes. <laughs> you know, trusting that no one will think anything less of you. Yeah. And I, I do think it's it's uh, like, of course, if if it's a if it's a workplace, if it, if it is a company, mm. then I tend not to use the the family metaphor of a company because occasionally, uh, for some reason, which is which is which is out of our hands, the, the market just disappears. Mm. We might have to fire people. And you don't fire people from a family. Yeah, so in a yeah. way, you go with the family. This is our family. Th- then there's no 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 demand, and you start firing people. Then you go like, "Hey, daddy, why are you firing?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but yeah, but but yeah. so uh, in in that that the clarity of the purpose. Why are we doing this? What, what are we doing? Why are we doing it? I think it's such an important thing in in. To, to really understand and discuss and, mm. and also uh, 
go back to it from time to time. Because it might be that, especially if we're growing, we have new team members, they don't have the heritage of, of whatever is your crab walk. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or it, it can be, if they don't feel it, it, it can be like, again, you have an inner circle of crab walkers. Mm-hmm. And then one came later and so on and so forth. Yeah. But, but about the goofiness and about the relaxing... Uh, I had the pleasure of of uh, listening to Harry Gustavsberry, who is a is a really f- interesting guy. He he used to be a team lead in, in the uh, Finnish Police Special Weapons and Tactics, the counterterrorism team, mm-hmm. and and he was so interested in people working under high stress that he went to to get his PhD on it, and. When we started the, it was a a lecture like yeah. session. He said, "And any of you, if you feel like uh, getting down to the floor, like listening, so that you lie on your back, or or whatever, do it." Hmm. His this was that people learn better when they are as relaxed as possible. And hmm. this is a gung ho <laughs> guy who walks with a you know a ninja <laughs> ninja style clothing and and catches the bad guys, and and still like like the the formality, yeah. When learning is is not needed, but uh, that was just something that uh, when you asked about effective teams, yeah, 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 interesting. No, I, 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 oh, please go ahead. No, I was just about to say about because you said about. Um, Uh, for, it's really important for everyone to understand why we're doing things. And mm-hmm. when you're talking from a company perspective, that's sort of the same thing that we have uh, when the team works really well. I think for them to be able to perform, they need to know why we're doing things. Because mm-hmm. that frees up space, that frees up energy for them to concentrate on the most important things, the training. Like yeah. They don't have to constantly question, why are we doing this? Because they already know the answer. So I think they're mm. like over-communication, being very, very um, open about your methods and telling them each and every day about every single thing that we do, making sure that they understand why they're doing them, how is it mm. how it, it is take, taking them forward. Yeah. Mm. And, and it, again, sports like even at your level, the people in your team are not being paid. The monetary is that they pay to practice. Yeah. Whereas yeah. in companies, you are paid to do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Yeah. But but I maybe we're already uh, way past. But but uh, when, when Mika, when we went to business school, it was mm-hmm. the the, the Mintzbergs that that. that uh, <laughs> said that 70% of, of leaders' job is communication. Yeah. And I do think, especially when I look at artificial intelligence, machine learning taking over those purely analytical, repetitive, rule-based things, hmm. I do think that it is much more about communication and great communication requires empathy. Yeah, to understand yeah. or try to understand how other people how how these people that that I'm these people that I'm I'm responsible of I'm on the team lead what makes them tick in a way so yeah yeah and that sort of requires the courage to ask of course all mm, the time mm. um 
And then again, you might get the feedback that you don't want to get, but it's worth asking. And you also now, I'm coming up with all this stuff. <laughs> uh, um, you said um, something about the army. I lost my train of thought. Help me out. Uh, in the military? Yeah. Something about, um, yeah, about, yeah, a different role. We were talking about different roles. It wasn't the army. It was a yeah. company example. Mm. That everyone has a different role, and some of them might be supportive roles. Absolutely. So that's sort of what what they really practice as synchronized skaters. Mm. There's 20 or more people on the team. 16 will be competing. And under, I think that's understanding that, it's more important, the greater good, the good of the team is more important than if you're skating or not. Yeah, yeah. So there are those supporting roles in it, but it's really difficult to be in that supporting role. So they get to mm. practice it all the time. How does it feel to be on the ice? How does it feel to be watching your team compete and you're not on the ice? Mm. But you still have to be able to support the goal and support the team. And I think that's one of the most valuable lessons that they get from synchronized skating, going into mm-hmm. school, going to work, is understanding how the team works. There are different kind of roles and being able to be in that supportive role. You can't always be the superstar. Yeah. yeah. You rarely can be the superstar. Yeah, But exactly. still have to bring the value to the table. Yeah. And and I do think that, that for for the team members who end up being at this one point in a supportive role, mm. I think uh, the trust to whoever is making the final decision now, you as a coach at this point, the transparency, who is doing what, why, it is because of these rules or, or what we have agreed upon mutually. Mm-hmm. And that in the unknown future, this is our best guess to perform at the highest level that we have, but but it, it requires trust mm-hmm. that that people are in, in bona fide doing it. That <laughs> yeah. it is not that you have a uh, separate agenda. So, Mike and I mean this this has been absolutely wonderful. Now let me no, no actually let me rephrase that. This has been beautiful. This has been a pure pleasure, and I think like. I think it's safe to say that you two are like kind of empathy ninjas within the field <laughs> of teamwork. So th- thanks for coming once more and sharing your thoughts. Much appreciate that. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Great Thank job. you.